0: Hello! Passionate about sustainability, energy, and climate? You're in the right place. Welcome to Energetic. I'm Maureen Cornelis, and together, we will engage with people who dedicate their lives to climate justice and making a just energy transition happen. They may be activists, scientists, policymakers, or other enthusiasts, just like you. Let the life stories and insights inspire you to build a better future for people and the planet. Do you sometimes have great ideas at strange times? I often do. For example, when I take my daughter to the playground. This is also the case for our guest of the day, Adrien De Frint. Adrien is the co-founder of the climate tech ADAPT, a mainstream tool designed to identify when electricity comes from renewable sources and therefore allows people to decarbonize their habits. The idea for ADAPT came to Adrien while kite surfing. Indeed, it's a great example of direct use of wind power. Before founding ADAPT, Adrien had spent 10 years working with large companies to help them reduce their energy consumption and their CO2 emissions. In 2021, Adrien decided to apply these tools to smaller energy consumers, such as households, when creating ADAPT. His starting point was the fact that the energy sector is still the biggest greenhouse gas emitter, even though more and more tools and services are pushing towards decarbonization. By the way, check out other episodes of this podcast to find out more. However, for small consumers such as households and SMEs, even if they subscribe to a 100% green electricity contract, they often don't know that they should also switch on their appliances at the most suitable times of the day. Adrien, welcome to Energetic.
1: Welcome, thank you.
0: So Adrien, where does this commitment for the energy transition come from?
1: So to be honest, I grew up in the countryside in France, so um, I lived close to farms, to forests. And uh, I think as a teenager, I developed a strong consciousness about nature and uh, I found that uh, I wanted to work actually uh, to protect the nature. And uh, this is, I think, when I got the idea to work in the environmental sector uh, in general, and then, <laughs> when I started to to look at a job, I realized that uh, there wasn't so many jobs on that sector. But actually, uh, energy concentrates a lot of environmental uh, issues, and uh, since there is a price on energy, it's uh, easier to you know to get a uh, environmental impact working uh, on the energy sector. So I think this is a starting point. And then when I started to work in the energy sector, I realized the magnitude of uh, the current climate chaos. And then, yeah, I decided that we must do something about the greenhouse gases emissions.
0: Great. What did you study?
1: So I I actually, uh, it's fun because I have a business background, uh, which is not so common when you work in the energy uh, sector. But um, I've also um, done a carbon uh, management um, degree to be certified to do uh, carbon accounting and so on.
0: That's really interesting because, uh, I mean, we don't meet so many people with the, this kind of uh, business mindset in the energy transition uh, discourse. So I think that it's really like something you can build on to to also spark a conversation, and uh, really in this podcast, it's about having conversation with people who just make their way out and stand out also for the values uh, they have, and uh, it's really good that I mean you are able to to bring things to a different perspective, a different level. So, what brought you to really create Adapt, and is the team with you engineers? What is Adapt from the inside, really?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think. For the introduction, you, you told um, <laughs> when I had the idea of uh, adapt. So after working for more than ten years in the energy sector, I realized that the like you know my neighbors, my family, um, they were lacking tools to reduce their energy consumption, to reduce their uh, environmental uh, impact. Yeah, so I mean, once I started to collect you know these uh, google sheets <laughs> with a lot of different advices about the different uh, the greenest uh, energy supplier uh, all the different actions uh, you can take to reduce your energy consumption and your carbon print i figure out that we should do something for the smaller energy consumers like you and me and your um, your listeners so i think that's uh, these two main things first of all being a, being an insider from the energy sector and knowing, uh, you know, all the challenges uh, we are facing and secondly, also, uh, you know, uh, wanting, uh, uh, yeah, wanting to, to help your friends, your family. So yeah, this is how I got the idea to create adapt. So the first uh, prototype went live on March, 2020, just two days after the lockdown in France. <laughs> So everyone was at home. So I got a lot of audience and then I realized, uh, okay, maybe just the crazy idea I had about the low low carbon hours uh, forecast got real. And then to answer your second question about um, what is ADAPT. So as you said, green electricity, I mean, 100% green electricity does not exist. This is a total greenwashing, total bullshit from uh, energy uh, suppliers. Uh, you know, that don't want to change uh, the way they do the business as uh, they were doing like uh, decades ago. The pollution of electricity depends on the weather, like temperature, wind, uh, sun, rain, and so on and so on. And actually at ADAPT, we visualize when the electric mix will be cleaner. So I think your audience... Have some basics about the electric system, but yeah, you know we we don't have always the same electricity. And to make it simple, sometimes the electricity is cleaner than um, other uh, hours. So to simplify that to as many people as possible, we have a forecast for the low carbon hours. So for instance, you, Marine, I think you live in uh, in Italy. uh, You want to launch uh, your uh, laundry. You're very concerned about climate chaos. You know that uh, actually uh, the pollution of electricity in Italy uh, can uh, vary significantly uh, from one hour to another. So you just go to the App Store on Android or uh, Apple. You download our app. So Adapt is an intuitive uh, app. And then you can check the calendar in Italy where you live can check the calendar of the next uh, hours, the next days, and then you can plan your uh, laundry accordingly. And Marine will do that with um, her uh, laundry. Uh, Jean-Michel will do that with uh, his Tesla uh, in uh, Belgium. Uh, Jorgen will do the same with his his dishwasher uh, in Berlin, and so on, and so on. And so with millions of households taking the power back to have a smarter and cleaner power consumption, we can accelerate the shutdown of uh, the most polluting uh, fossil power plants in Europe. So I think your audience know about the fossil backup power plants. So actually when the electricity is dirty, it's because we rely on these dirty uh, fossil uh, power plants that we should have shut down So uh, with our millions of uh, users, we will accelerate the shutdown of these most polluting fossil fuel power plants.
0: That's really interesting because it seems very complementary to uh, other tools, such as having some solar panels installed on your roof, uh, because they will produce electricity at certain times of the day. I mean, not not at night, of course. So uh, when you start having this kind of solar panels, you need to make sure your appliances run at the time of, of generation. We had a discussion with the uh, Monique Wayans, the, um, the Director General of Boeck, the European Consumer Organization, really about, about this topic. And we had also a conversation with uh, somebody from NL who talked about uh, providing solar panels to, to renewable consumers to help them really produce a part of their electricity. So it's really part of the conversation. But it's also a question of flexibility. I mean, in this podcast, we have already talked about flexibility, about how important it is to have uh, consumers react to uh, the electricity when it's produced, when it comes from, et cetera. But it's often automatized. But what I see in this solution is really the fact that you can have like proactive and really no tech approach towards a greening your house and uh, decarbonizing your electricity usage. And it's very, very complimentary. I mean, anybody could do that. But would it be possible? Let's think out of the box. Or is it an option that is offered to, to just get a notification, like launch your washing machine, or now it's a great time to do batch cooking or something like that? Is it something that the app offers?
1: Yeah, obviously. So um, I think you really must download the app in Italy and you will uh, receive the notifications because it's uh, already live. Yeah, so it, just to tell you a bit more about the product. So the first step is to get the calendar of the low-carbon hours uh, in your area. Uh, that's uh, free. Uh, everyone can uh, can use it. Uh, there is an API. Uh, soon there will be a Twitter boat to, uh, tweeting about that. So that's the first, uh, the first thing. And then why you must create act- actually a, a user account with Adapt. It's because when you fill in the different fields, actually you will uh, fill in your energy profile. So for instance, Marine say, okay, I live in a house or uh, in a flat. I use uh, electric heating or natural gas heating. Uh, I have an electric uh, car. uh, I have a dishwasher and so on and so on and so on. And so based on your energy profile and uh, how flexible uh, you could be, for instance, you can also have uh, like an off-peak tariff. You can have like a solar PV, as you mentioned. We will push you personalized notifications. So we will tell you, for instance, yeah, you can launch uh, your your laundry uh, in three hours. If uh, we know that uh, you must do uh, one laundry uh, per day for your family, Jean-Michel <laughs> in Belgium, uh, we know that uh, you know he, he only needs to charge his Tesla once a week. So we can tell uh, him in advance we will charge the Tesla in three days because it will be better because there will be a strong uh, offshore wind uh, output in uh, in North Sea in Belgium and so on and so on. So yeah, there is there already are notification. They are personalized and we want to go uh, much more on that. And then regarding what you said about the, the low-tech uh, approach, there are dozens, maybe 100 million laundries in Europe. That's gigawatt scale. Okay, so actually I'm very excited about uh, making a product that could be used by millions of households uh, in Europe, and they can simply, you know, postpone a, a laundry, a dishwasher. Uh, a dryer or something like that because uh, when you do the math, actually, it's significant. And when you look at uh, everything we have been trying doing in uh, residential flexibility for decades, I think it's far from being uh, insignificant. Yeah, so I think it's good to have like low-tech product because uh, you're sure that uh, people get to know you and so on. But then we are also uh, thinking about uh, connecting to some appliances. So I think we are opportunistic and technology agnostic so uh, i don't want to connect everything i mean uh, my my oven uh, <laughs> it doesn't need to be to be connected because uh, i think i will be you know in charge of uh, cooking and planning uh, you know the cake uh, i'm going to make uh, for my son in today and so on but for other appliances like the ev the heat pump for sure you have a decent amount Of kilowatt hour and kilowatt so both in power and energy terms that you can postpone shift so yeah i think that that would be very interesting to to try to connect uh, these kind of appliances
0: yeah i think it's fascinating because i've been having this conversation about smart appliances for the past i think 12 years and the technology is mature the products are out there but they are still extremely expensive so what would be your like, two cents on making it a little bit more mainstream?
1: That's a very tough question. <laughs> That's a very tough question because you, 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 you think that it's, uh, it's expensive. And I think uh, when you talk about the price of things in the energy sector, it's super relative, super relative. So, for instance, we are seriously considering pushing a smart plug powered by ADAPT. And I think the order of magnitude of the price plus the services would be somewhere between 100 and uh, 200 euros per year per household. So I don't know if that's expensive or not. When you see the recession and so on, you could argue that uh, that's uh, too much money. But on the other hand, let's look closely at the energy bills of European energy consumers. In France, you have... 85% of people losing money with their off peak tariff. And we are talking about dozens of millions of people. These people, they are losing money with a tariff that they thought would make them earn money, actually. So (laughs) that's totally uh, nonsense, uh, absolutely. So if we make the postulate that people are rational and people understand their energy consumption and they are able to make no arbitrage like, uh, okay, I'm going to invest a bit more in the heat pump because uh, at the end, I will have like a lower uh, total cost of ownership, you know, all these economic metrics that we know about, but uh, probably the average European is not very aware of. If we assume that uh, all the energy consumers in Europe are uh, rational and uh, look for the cheaper option, then yeah, you could argue that uh, the smart home is expensive. But unless we solve that case, and uh, I promise that at ADAPT we are worki- working very hard on making people more aware of their uh, energy bill, you could tell me, yeah, Adrian, uh, 200 euros per year, it's definitely uh, too expensive.
0: Yeah, I guess it also depends on the household and their energy consumption. It's it's a lot of calculation, and you know, it's also the up, uh, upfront cost that can be uh, very uh, frightening. And uh, I mean, as you know, I I work a lot on energy poverty, and very often people facing energy poverty, they or any kind of hardship, they actually have to make like trade-offs and spending uh 200 euros to buy an appliance can seem extremely high although it could be something that could uh that could save money but you know that's kind of the poverty premium i think we should have a podcast about really this topic but uh, that's indeed very interesting but could you elaborate a little bit more on this off-peak tariff that you were mentioning the the one in france because i think it's very very interesting i i think i saw also a post recently on, on LinkedIn where you s- said something about that?
1: Yeah. So the main off-pick tariff in France is called um, which is uh, yeah, the equivalent of most of the off tariff uh, you have in, uh, in Europe and also uh, in the US. So basically, uh, you take every hour of the day and you say, uh, okay, uh, so it's based on, the, on your location, but let's say uh, Adrian uh, in Paris. So you have like 8 of peak hours. So it's mostly uh, during the night. So let's say uh, from uh, 11 p.m. to uh, 7 a.m. every day of the year, Adrien will get uh, cheaper electricity. But on the other hand, the electricity will be a bit more expensive the other hours of the day. So that's the principle of uh, Openercreuse, of Creuse. And um, the idea is that uh, that kind of contract uh, would help Flexible uh, consumers will help them to to shift. For instance, their um, laundry, uh, their uh, eating, uh, you know, their um, uh, hot water with a thermal tank will help them, uh, you know, postpone uh, as much electricity as they can during these off peak uh, hours. So this is the the theory. So these contracts have been existing for decades now. Arcreuse started in France in the sixties. And it's promoted by uh, energy uh, companies and also by the government. Let's be honest, it's promoted as a cheaper alternative and uh, sometimes also as a low carbon alternative because if there is uh, less consumption during the night, uh, yeah, uh, you, you should use less uh, fossil fuel uh, power plants. So it should be uh, cleaner. At ADAPT, Obviously, we talk about money. We have no no problem <laughs> telling people the cheaper option for them. But we also look closely at the carbon. And actually, this summer, we got a lot of questions about the carbon impact of electricity during the night in France. A lot of people were telling me, Adrian, it's very strange, actually, on ADAPT, to say that the low carbon hour is around uh, noon, but I have a contract, shouldn't I? Launch my laundry at night to save some, uh, some carbon. And so I did the math. And th- so I posted this analysis and uh, it had a strong, uh, strong impact uh, in the energy sector in France. As a lot of, uh, you know, um, executives from ADD and so on uh, were commenting on that. Actually, it's counterintuitive, but on average, at least during the summer, with the very low nuclear capacity we have in France, Electricity was cleaner during the um, non-off-peak uh, hours. So that means during uh, noon and uh, 2 p.m. this is when you have the peak of the solar PV uh, output in uh, in France. And so actually, having an off-peak contract like that, it's bad for the climate. It's a bad idea. Okay, so then... so if you're, Okay, that's very strange. So I should tell people to stop uh, using uh, Hercreuse and to to use Adapt. But I wonder, but if people are making money out of the Hercreuse, there is no rationale for them to leave the off-peak contract, to go to the flat contract and to use Adapt. And then I looked at a um, study from a um, consumer association in France, association or organization, I, I don't remember exactly. It's uh, 60 millions de consommateurs. Actually, they made the study I told you about of uh, French people are losing electricity with their uh, off-peak contract.
0: Yeah, they are losing money, losing money.
1: Exactly, losing money. So at the end, we have uh, an energy system that has not evolved since the 60s. Uh, 60 years ago, uh, they still use the same kind of contract. And, you know, the electricity mix uh, has changed. The habits of the people uh, have changed.
0: Yeah, and I guess this kind of approach made sense where when electricity was produced, like it was always produced at the same level uh, in the sense that the nuclear power plants were always producing the same amount of electricity. So during the day, you could imagine that industries were using a lot of electricity. And so in order to like lower the pressure on the grid... Households were encouraged to consume at night, and this way it was like a virtuous uh, circle. Electricity was constantly used because, of course, electricity has to be also. That's one of the 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 elements of the equation. Electricity has to be used when it's produced as well. So so I guess that it made sense at the time, but now that a lot of the electricity uh, production has shifted to renewable sources, whether it is uh, solar, whether it is wind. I'm not even talking about hydroelectric power uh because I mean during the summer in France it was it was not so not so good and not so high so so I guess that there is something uh really to to learn about the kind of peak loads and when electricity is available and when people also need to to consume to sure that the first electricity that comes to to their network is the one that is is actually green. So that's very, very interesting, but that seems awfully complex. So I'm grateful that a tool like yours uh, do exist. But isn't there something uh, we can do? Just like if we look at the window and we see it's sunny, wouldn't it be just like the super low-tech uh, approach to uh, to doing your laundry or something like that? Would it be, I mean, I guess it also depends on the hours of the day. But honestly, when I see that there is a lot of, Torino is not very windy, so they don't even talk about uh, wind power. But when I see that there's a lot of sun, I'm just imagining that a lot of electricity comes from renewable uh, sun power. But am I wrong? Or uh, is it just like a shortcut that I'm taking?
1: I think that's a shortcut. And I think you're also very influenced because you're, um, you know, there is the knowledge um, curse, as we say, and you work in the energy sector. So you re- w- when you look at the window, you, you see a wind turbine, you see a solar panel, or you see um, an electric uh, pole and so on. But I think, you know, uh, there's this very interesting uh, book called uh, The Grid. I think, you know, the electric system is everywhere, but we don't realize it. So I think for people living in the countryside, even if you have like a a wind farm close to your house uh, or, uh, you know, uh, an electric pole, uh, like connecting like a a large uh, power plant to uh, a main city or uh, maybe a solar PV um, close to your house, I think you tend to, you see it obviously, uh, but you don't look at it. You don't realize it. So somehow you must make... That electricity, concrete—you know—something invisible that you don't see. So yeah, so I'm sure, Marine, you would be able to look at your window and to to try to guess if it's the, the the good time to launch your your laundry. But I think that's not the case for most of our um, our friends. And uh, also another thing I want to say: maybe you live in the countryside, um, you're lucky enough, but in Europe there is about eighty percent of the, uh, the European citizens that live in cities. And in a city like Paris, actually, uh, you cannot see exactly, uh, that there is no uh, almost no electric output. So actually, uh, I need to have the weather conditions in the largest wind producing regions uh, of France, uh, in the largest solar PV production regions uh, of France. And since it's an uh, interconnected uh, grid, uh, yeah, I think that will be uh, that will be difficult. So um, that's why even for um, or users that have an house with their own uh, uh, solar PV rooftop, even for them, we are considering, uh, you know, giving them the low carbon hours forecast at their place because it's not so uh, I think it's not so uh, evident for people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really like going to the next level and and really make sure that you you are mindful of your consumption. And I mean, a uh, lot of people would uh, buy um, let's say uh, organic products and really, as we mentioned earlier, like subscribe to a, a green electricity contract or or something. But they wouldn't know that they have to make another uh, another step for things to be really the way they believe they are because uh, there is a lot of, of belief and uh, you are kind of uh, entangling uh, d- those beliefs and, uh, and bringing science into it. And uh, and that's very interesting. I've seen also that you have launched some kind of um, contests on your social media. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. So we launched the um, games of Adapt. So Winter is Coming for, okay. the, for the Game of Thrones um, uh, fans. Yeah, actually, we... Um, Why we did that? So first of all, we want to reward every uh, adapter that is changing his or her uh, behavior about uh, energy consumption. And I think that's a total shift in the paradigm of uh, consuming uh, and producing electricity. So they should be rewarded. So we launched that contest. And the second objective was also to know a bit more about how our uh, users, the adapters, use our tool. So for instance, one of the, so to, to participate to the contest and to have uh, one chance to win uh, one prize, actually you must, um, you know, um, uh, declare and certify that you really have uh, launched, uh, you know, or uh, postponed or shifted uh, some, uh, some consumption.
0: Okay, cool. And what are the prices?
1: So low-carbon prices, because that's uh, our mission. So there's about uh, 60 uh, prices. So you can win uh, stickers that you can uh, glue on your uh, laundry or dishwasher to make sure that everyone in your house uh, use Adapt. Because uh, I know that you know in some household, uh, you know there's a teenager, uh, sometimes they choose Adapt, but not the parents and so on. So with one sticker, then we are sure that uh, 100% of the consumption uh, will be... Uh, Postponed uh, thanks to Adapt. And there's also a second-hand um, pool and uh, jerseys for this winter because this winter will be cold and we'll, we will be lacking energy. So, it's probably a good idea to get a, a very warm uh, pull uh, like me. We also have a partnership with um, Le Grand. So, Le Grand, um, they are a very famous uh, French and European um, appliances uh, manufacturer. Uh, so, Basically, you know, they they sell uh, plugs, uh, switch, uh, smart meters, and so on. So they sponsor the contest and they offer uh, three smart plugs. So that will be a way for us to to test that uh, value proposition of, uh, you know, uh, connecting uh, to uh, some uh, energy intensive uh, appliances of our uh, users And uh, last but not least, uh, there's also one surprise that I think uh, went live today. We will offer the climate book of uh, Greta Thunberg. Okay, cool.
0: So stickers, sweaters, and appliances, and a book, so you become a more informed consumer. So uh, last question for today. Uh, Time flies, Adrien. So what kind of key action would you recommend uh, doing Just like right now, we are at the end of November, uh, to just get through the the winter. And what are also your expectations for 2023? So two questions, actually.
1: For the first question, I think the elephant in the room is eating. So I think for all your, your listeners... Everywhere in Europe, it's uh, very likely that uh, 60 to 80% of their uh, energy consumption at home is for eating. So they should really, really, really watch their uh, eating consumption. You know, I know that there is a lot of uh, stress in the thermal insulation market. So, uh, I mean, if they're in the process of uh, refurbishing their house, uh, they must do it. <laughs> That's probably uh, something very, very interesting to do uh, from an environmental and economic perspective. And, but if they can't, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, you know ways to get a bit um, warmer, uh, not by using uh, too many energy to warm your house. And if they want, they can check or blog or uh, videos because we have been publishing a lot of content uh, about that to help them uh, reduce their um, heat uh, energy consumption. And then regarding your uh, your second questions for two thousand. 23, I really hope uh, we will have uh, 1 million uh, users in Europe to have a concrete impact on the reduction of uh, greenhouse gases uh, emissions. The order of magnitude of our impact is that uh, we think that if if we help 1 million households in Europe to reduce their energy consumption and to postpone some electric consumption and maybe also to incentivize, you know, because we also will be uh, an electrification enabler to, to switch to a heat pump and uh, to EV. The order of magnitude of the impact we want to have would be um, one million tons of uh, CO2 equivalent per year, which would make us climate unicorn, you know.
0: Wow, that's great. And there are other initiatives like, like yours, but I guess this is one of the few really mainstream tool that people can use and they can start using it really today. So I will make sure that in the show notes, I will make, I will put the link to, uh, the adapt website and to maybe the platform where you can download it, download the app. And I usually ask my guests, where can we find you? Or is it easy to, to ask you a follow up question?
1: Yeah, so we are on social media. So I think the easier way is to to connect on social media, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, and then yeah, you can uh, write an email at uh, contact at uh, adapt.sh, and uh, we will answer uh, for sure.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Adrien, for being with me today. And uh, yeah, today was quite sunny, so maybe I should start. Uh, I should uh, check the app and uh, launch my laundry.
1: Let's see the forecast in Italy. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Energetic. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into sustainability and the just energy transition with the most inspiring stakeholders. All links and resources are in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like this podcast, why not recommend it to a friend or a colleague? To continue the conversation, head on over to Twitter or LinkedIn. Thank you for lending your ears. That's all for this episode. Until next time.